When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Pittsburgh Steelers got destroyed by the San Francisco 49ers and Ray Fittipato gave them a fitting report card. We'll go over that report card and what led to the biggest problems the Steelers had in their loss to the 49ers on this Monday episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. As always, you can find this show every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday right here on the Post Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. You can find it on, on all your favorite podcasting apps and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content as well. It comes out from our Post-Gazette sports department, breaking thing, everything down in Pittsburgh sports here. Today's episode is brought to you by Mike's Beer Bar, the best beer bar, the best bar in Pittsburgh. You can go there after, after any game in the North Shore, whether it's Steelers, Pirates, or Pitt, they have over 20 TVs and over 500 different available beers, 300 of them being local beers, and 80 of those local beers being available on tap. You can try out all these different flight options. We'll have more on what you can enjoy at Mike's in a bit. Ray, there wasn't much for Steelers fans to enjoy at Accrashire Stadium Sunday. They got destroyed 30-7, to and your report card, your article that came out, you can go to post-gazette.com to read every bit of it. We said first test of the 2023 season is a total failure. And there's nothing, no other way to categorize it. That is absolutely the case. Offense stinks. Defense stinks. I'll even, I'll say special teams at least outside of Presley Harvin at least looked fine. Like Anthony McFarlane until TJ Watt had three sacks. I was like, man, McFarlane looks like the MVP of the team right now because he's actually getting positive return yards. But everything else was terrible. And I want to lead with Kenny Pickett. When I look back at, at at how he played in this game, sure, he completed a high percentage of his passes, but he threw two interceptions, only one touchdown, and so many of his misses, he missed, what, 15 passes out of 46, so many of his misses were routine plays. Like, they were, they were guys wide open, whether it was Deontay Johnson on an easy slant over the middle that would have gotten him a touchdown, or Deontay Johnson over the middle for a, a deep crossing pattern where – he had several steps in front of him or, uh, or Deontay. It was funny. A lot of them was Deontay Johnson. And that's the crazy part that I look back is like, man, like if he just connects with his number one receiver who now might be, might be missing a, a couple games, at least right. it changes everything. What did you see that Kenny Pickett was really doing wrong in this game? Yeah, I thought uh, he was indecisive, Chris, and uh, obviously inaccurate with his passes. And, you juxtapose that with what went on during the preseason 
and it's hard to understand. I mean, th- this um, this offense was hitting on all cylinders in their preseason games. And listen, Kenny Pickett said it after the game. Hey, the San Francisco 49ers are much different from from the defenses that the, the Steelers played um, in the preseason. But still, um, you know, it, there was just no rhythm to what they were doing on offense. And it all started with Kenny Pickett. You know, if he completes even one or two of those early um, passes, maybe gets one first down, maybe you do get into a rhythm. Uh, maybe Matt Canada gets into a rhythm with his play calling, but uh, Kenny Pickett was off early, and that spelled doom for the Steelers' offense because the offense was off all game. They certainly were. And, and, and Ray, you know, I think the, the main tone that a lot of people are looking at this is, well, looking at – how the preseason went? Does this make the this is part of the reason people were saying, "Hey, the preseason doesn't count." I, I don't. I'm one to think that, like, hey, progress in the preseason does show something, but it looked like all that pro- progress was thrown out the door. Maybe it was the 17 day window. Maybe it was playing the best defense in the NFL. Maybe it was just a bad day. But either way, this, the things that I saw, like, I know people are going to blame Matt Canada, and he shares the blame in the pre, in the, pre, the preparation of the offense to execute his play calls. But the problems aren't the play calls themselves at this point anymore. Like, there were several plays that are just like, you do what's reasonably there. I'm not talking about threading a needle 30 yards downfield between two defenders and having a one-handed catch. I'm talking about throwing it to the guy wide open right in front of you, 10 yards downfield to move the sticks and keep the drive alive, much like what Brock Purdy did. And then people are going to say, well, Kyle Shanahan designed easy throws for him. There were easy throws for Kenny Pickett too, and he just didn't make them. And that's where I think that everyone's going to be stretching themselves backwards and forwards and trying to explain everything. The bottom line is Kenny Pickett didn't do very reasonable things that were right in front of him to give the Steelers a chance in this game. And that can't happen if this team is going to win football games. Yeah, and I didn't think. I know he was sacked on the first series. He got flushed and kind of ran into that sack, but – I didn't think the pass protection was terrible in the first half. It was it wasn't as bad as people made it out to be. Yeah, and I know the 49ers finished with five what? sacks. I want to say three came like in the final five minutes of the game when the Steelers were just you know they were trying, just trying everything. Yeah, yeah. So, um, like, you know, I I don't know if Kenny was feeling the rush when it wasn't there, or maybe he saw some guys come free and that bothered him a little bit. Um, maybe Fred Warner over the middle bother him a little bit. He's very hard to predict. I mean, that guy has great instincts, and uh, maybe he was seeing ghosts out there. I, I don't know, Chris, but two other things strike me about this uh, picket performance, and it was no two ways about it. It was terrible. Um, the first interception was very reminiscent of what Kenny Pickett did early last season when he was struggling. Uh, third down. Let's throw it up and see if my my guy can make a play, even though he's covered, instead of just throwing the ball away and punting and live uh, live to see another day. Okay, that was bad. I hate to see that because he grew so much in the second half of last season. He can't revert back to that. If he reverts back to that, the Steelers' the offense is going to stink again. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, uh, where was Kenny Pickett? Uh, where was his athleticism? Where was he tucking the ball? running, getting some first downs. When when the 49ers have your guys covered up or when you're not seeing it and you're not throwing it, run the ball. You're athletic. We, we heard for, what, two years at the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career, Mike Tomlin say he wanted quarterback mobility. Well, you got it. Tell your quarterback mm-hmm. to run the ball and to pick up some first downs. So very discouraging performance from Kenny Pickett in the opener. 
And uh, he better figure it out fast because the Cleveland Browns are coming to town, Chris. They gave up three points to the Bengals in their home opener. Uh, that's looking like it's going to be another tough game for this offense. It certainly is. And to your point, on that Johnson play where he he threw it, Johnson slipped and was intercepted by Charbarius Ward. It's if I look back at that play, I, I broke this down. I put like a whole thread of it on my Twitter account at Carter Critiques if you want to look at it. But just play by play there. You should see him looking in the wrong places, or if he's looking in the wrong place, not moving his eyes to a, to the next part of his reads. On that play, he kind of stared down Deontay Johnson, expecting him to win his route. And listen, like that happens, but he had Allen Robinson wide open on the backside of that play, and for a first down, like he had he had gotten past the sticks, was running across. The plays were being called to give him multiple options there, and he just didn't take them. And now it becomes the question: Okay, is this just going to be who Kenny Pickett is? I don't think so. I've seen him. I've seen him step out and, and, and improve a lot in his career. I covered him in college too, uh, but he has to prove that, and that's where I think it's at at this point. Where there's no there's no magic potion. There's no secret pill that the Steelers have to take to make things better. They just he just they just have to execute. And it's not just on Kenny Pickett. We're gonna get to a lot of other players here. But I'm with you. Like a lot of people are saying, oh, the offensive line isn't doing their job. Ah, they 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 weren't great, but they also weren't terrible. And this team, I think, with the way that they're set up with the playmakers that they have on offense, they are a team that needs to pass to set up the run still. And there were plays early on. The first play of the game was an easy pass. He converted it to, to George Pickens. The second pass of the game should have been two easy passes because he had one. He had George Pickens open deep, and he had uh, Deontay Johnson's open open short, and he didn't go to either of them. And, it, it, and I think that's the problem is that you're seeing these plays that are being designed to open up the offense. People want to talk about complexity and they need all these la- layers to the offense. You can't get to complexity if you can't do the basic things. And I think that's what's most disappointing is the basic things weren't done in this game. Yeah, I mean, and you hope Kenny Pickett isn't one of those guys where everything around him has to be perfect. I mean, the way they simplified things in the second half of last season – Defense playing great. You're in all these games because of your defense. You're starting to run the ball better. Kenny Pickett is fine. Doesn't turn the ball over, makes some plays when he has to. Everyone gets excited. But when you're playing a good opponent and things aren't going well, you can't crap the bed like he crapped the bed yesterday. I agree. You got, you got to step up and make some plays. And uh, I know this one's going to bother him for a week until they get back out there, but that's the bottom line. He crapped in the bed on Sunday, and there's no two ways about it. Absolutely. I want to talk with, with Ray about the defense because the defense also had a very rough day giving up 30 points in this one. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato talking at you right now. But first, we got we to gotta talk to you about our great sponsors at Mike's Beer Bar, the best bar in all of Pittsburgh. You go to Mike's Beer Bar, you can get over 500 different available beers, 300 of those being local beers, 80 of those local beers being on tap. And you can get flight options so you can try out all these different types of beer, whether they're in the sour beers, IPAs, regular ales, red ales stouts whatever you got they got you know, they got so many different things and flavors that i've never even heard of before that's why you got to get to mike's to try them all out to see what your favorite types of types of beer are also if you're a big sports fan there's no better place to go check out a sports game because they have over 20 televisions mike mike has told me straight up he's like chris you can call and reserve at any point in time he has college football fans that want to come in and watch ohio state michigan whoever their their favorite team is they'll reserve a table get a tv specified to their game and they can just enjoy beers good food and football all there and the same thing goes 
for uh, for Pirates games, uh, Premier League games, uh, Penguins games. When that season starts back up, all those sports can be enjoyed right at Mike's Beer Bar. And they have great food as well. They have steak on a stone where you can order your choice cut of steak to be brought on a heated stone right in front of you where all you have to do is cut off. Every time you cut off a piece, you press it into the stone and you choose how well you want your steak cooked right in front of you all that all that amazing stuff could be had at mike's beer bar on the north shore on federal street right across the street from pnc park head into mike's beer bar to get the best sports experience and best bar experience in pittsburgh and when you do tell them chris sent you We're back here on the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Your host, Chris Carter, here with Ray Fittipaldo, Steelers beat writer here. We were both at Acrisure Stadium to see it. Now, I forgot to, just, to, to, to say what your grades actually were, Ray. You gave an F for quarterbacks, an F for running backs, a D for receivers, an F for offensive line. On defense, it wasn't much better. Defensive line, F. Linebackers, C. Secondary, F. And you, you look you look at those. The, the one thing I think is interesting is that the linebackers, you know, they got to see, but that was primarily because TJ Watt was the one thing that one worked. Guy. Yeah. One guy, three sacks, uh, two strip sacks, two forced fumbles, one fumble recovery. I mean, too bad you can't have 11 TJ Watts out there because uh, the nice, Steelers right? <laughs> sure as heck could have used them on Sunday. But what what was the biggest problem that you saw on the defense? I, I was able to focus a lot on the offense. I've looked a little bit at the defense and, and, and trying to figure things out there. But one thing that I noticed was just that the defensive line wasn't getting the push that it was supposed to. This is supposed to be the strongest part of the team. Yes, Cam Hayward got hurt in this one. Larry Ogilvy's been hurt. So maybe that's the factor is that their two starting defensive linemen were 100% for this game. Uh, but, I, you know, I saw Montrevious Adams, who they've continued to show uh, support of. And I just saw him getting bullied all over the field. You saw flashes from DeMarvin Leal and Keanu Benton, but, you know, young guys that are still developing uh, into into their careers. What was the biggest problem that you saw up front? Because Christian McCaffrey had himself a day. Yeah, I, I just think, you know, you mentioned all those guys. A lot of those guys are new or their first year, their second year guys who are still getting their feet wet. There's a lot of new pieces on this defense, Chris. You know, Patrick Peterson had a rough day. He lost his footing on the first touchdown. Um, you know, he had decent coverage on the second touchdown. People were tweeting at me that I said he got beat in that coverage. Uh, listen, turn your head and make a play. That's mm -hmm. that's allowed, right? I mean, you you are allowed to turn your head and to make a play on a ball too. So, you know, I thought Patrick Peterson had a tough game. Um, you know, I think Levi Wallace struggled too. I mean, it didn't matter. They were running the ball. They were dictating. They were in second and third and manageable. It just snowballed on them. But, you know, if you want to – have one takeaway about it. I just think all these new pieces on defense, you know, all these new guys in the secondary, new guys up front, completely new inside linebacking core. Maybe it's just going to take some time for these guys to come together. Um, I don't want to make excuses for them, but uh, they clearly were not on the same page uh, on Sunday afternoon. That's for sure. And I think that's the big thing there is that there was no chemistry in how the defense was performing. And maybe that's something that needs to take time, but that was something that, you know, you were wondering if they'd be able to establish in this game and Kyle Shanahan, you know, for the, you know, for his offense to look in rhythm, the way the Steelers wanted to look in rhythm. Uh, again, I, I think both of these teams are constructed in similar ways. This, the Niners though, they know who they are. They've been who they are. They were just in the NFC championship last year. It might've been in the Super Bowl. Was it not for, not for all the devastating inju injuries they took at quarterback. Uh, but, 
the Steelers, they're trying to become that. And I think that that's what you saw was a team that knew who they were and a team that wanted to be who, who they thought they were. And in, on offense, wh- wh- whether it was the run game or Brock Purdy just making pretty routine throws all throughout, like the best throw he had was that touchdown pass to uh you know that went past Patrick Peterson to Devo Sam or not Devo Sam excuse me Brandon Ayuk where it was just perfectly placed you know Peterson had position but you're right when you get a guy like that you you know a veteran a guy that's talked about like a hall of famer you need him to turn his head and make a play on the on the ball there uh but I think the biggest thing was when when we talked to Minka Fitzpatrick afterwards he was you know when you asked about the routes and how guys just got got open as much as they did he talked about it starts with winning on first and second down that's an old premise that's always been around for the Steelers since the 70s the 90s the 2000s the 2010s you gotta win the early downs and the Steelers didn't win many of them they were they they were they were setting allowing the Niners to get four or five yards even if you take take away Christian McCaffrey's 65 yard touchdown run in the start of the third quarter he averaged like like four and a half yards per carry you can't have that if you're going to do play the way the Steelers want to play on defense yeah I thought Minka had a tough day too looking back at it he had that uh he came free on that sack opportunity Brock Purdy Mm -hmm. you know decent athlete but you know Minka Fitzpatrick is twice the athlete that Brock Purdy is and he just he comes in all hot and he you know he doesn't break down and Brock Purdy makes a play there gets a first down and um, you know that that sixty five yard touchdown run too you know he just spins off Christian McCaffrey just spins off in the hole and um, all the Steelers secondary gets blocked up and boom um, if you thought there was going to be any momentum after that late touchdown in the first half it disappeared in about fifty seconds so mm-hmm. you know just very discouraging that you know the defense wasn't good they didn't step up when they have to good defenses sense those opportunities chris okay yeah they are our, our, our offense scored let's get a stop let's see if we can maybe get this to 2014 and then you know before the uh, fans could get back from the concession stands um it was a 20 point lead again so yeah just uh you know we we blasted Pickett in that first segment blast the entire defense except for tj watt all of them deserve it is is there a real problem at the cornerback position right now? Because at least from one game, Patrick Peterson got beat for two touchdowns. I will say this. The first touchdown, he slipped and fell. The second touchdown was just a great throw and catch. And, you know, he could have turned his head around and made a play. But I'm not as, I, I don't feel like that's a, that's as egregious of a, of a problem. I think that's something that's like, you know, hey, great. Play. You tip their hat to the other team. But he did have two breakups. But Levi Wallace. I mean, he might have had the one of the worst days on all on, on the entire team. He was not anywhere in coverage. He looked lost out there a lot of times. And then on the McCaffrey run, when you know the, the Steelers were talking about a, uh, you know people who were out of position, he was the main one who he came up to fill his gap, and he just attacked it incredibly wrong and completely whiffed on his tackle. And it was his gap that once that once that sprung loose. McCaffrey was off to the races. If yeah. he makes that tackle, maybe maybe the Steelers do are able to carry some momentum. But I thought he had a rough day. Patrick Peterson had a rough day, and you saw Joey Porter Jr. with only seven snaps of the game. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, and you know, Elijah Riley, Shannon Sullivan, Keanu Neal, Demonte Casey. How often did you hear their names called? I mean, they weren't. I don't even remember those guys being around the football. So. You know, we heard last week that Joey Porter Jr. wasn't ready. Um, that's quite obvious. They only played him seven snaps in the game. Um, maybe they have to get him ready this week. Or at the very least, Chris, maybe they have to put him in, into position where he can help this team in the next couple of weeks. I'm not going to say you change everything because of one game. If they felt strongly that Joey Porter Jr. wasn't ready, you're not going to rush him 
just for one game against the Cleveland Browns. But you better do something in the next month or so because it does look like Patrick Peterson probably isn't best suited for the outside at this point in his career. We kind of know what Levi Wallace is. We Joey Porter Jr. was drafted because Levi Wallace uh, is an average player who's going into the last year of his contract and probably isn't going to be around next season. So I don't know when it's going to happen, but uh, I think the Steelers have to look long and hard and maybe find some opportunities, some more opportunities for Joey Porter to contribute in the coming weeks. I, I agree. There's a lot. There's a lot to break down there across the board. As bad as the offense was, the defense was equally bad. And I want to talk to you though about how coaching plays into this and what preparation can be done better or differently. Mike Tomlin did not avoid any blame after the game. He talked about the team being kicked in the teeth and it, it being from coaching to playing to everything that was terrible. I want to talk to you about Tomlin, Canada, Austin, whoever needs to be better on the coaching staff and what you saw, at least looking back at the game. We'll break that down in a minute here on the North Shore Drive podcast from Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. I'm your host, Chris Carter. But first, I want to remind you, the show is also brought to you by Game Time. Buy tickets to your favorite events then make it not stressful by ordering them via Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy your tickets for all sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Game Time is an app that you can download right to your phone and get killer deals on last-minute tickets, even up to the last minute before for your big event and they have their best price best price guarantee that can't be beat these are exclusive flash deals on anything football games like Steelers games basketball games baseball games like Pirates games concerts comedy theater events even Penguins games everything can be can be gotten on the game time app the game time get best price guarantee means you'll always get the best price and if you find that you can get tickets in the same section and same row for less at the same event somewhere else game time will credit you 110 percent of the difference between those prices snag the tickets without stress with game time download the game time app create an account and use code pitt pit for 20 dollars off your first purchase or go to their website gametime.co terms and conditions apply create an account and redeem code pitt pit for 20 dollars off download game time today Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, Chris Carter, Ray Fittipato, breaking things down for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, you gave coaching an F as well, and there's not much else to be said about, about, about that because the, I mean, not to say against that, excuse me, because the coaching was terrible if you're going to be down 30 to 7. It's one thing when you lose a game because of a couple factors here and there and you just fell short because a guy fumbled or a misplay there, but when you are just utterly outplayed in all phases of the game, that falls that reflects on coaching. And Mike Tom like I said, he was not dodging anything after the game. He wasn't making excuses. He was saying this this falls right squarely on, on us. What do you think is the biggest thing the Steelers didn't do coaching-wise to, to get just at least get a, get a good start in this game and let it snowball the way it did. Yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I, I know they they beat the Bengals and the Bills um, the, the last two years in the opener with with good um, good game plans and, and good performances by their players. But we've seen this from Mike Tomlin before. His teams have struggled early in the season. It's it's hard to put a beat on it. You know, you know, we could talk about Matt Cannon. I'm, I'm sure we will here. Um, but, you know, Mike Tomlin is in charge of this defense. And, um, you know, the 49ers scored on their first four drives mm-hmm. of that game. And I know they had short fields. The, their first two possessions were short fields. You had the terrible punt by Presley Harvin, 34-yard punt. Um, I think they only had to go, what, 65 yards uh, or so on that drive um, to, to score their touchdown. And then on the interception, they're set up at midfield again. They go up 10 to nothing. So, 
Um, they just were never able to stop the bleeding. They were never able to settle down to give the offense a chance to get back on its feet. So, um, listen, the Steelers could have given up 14 points in that game, Chris, and they weren't going to win that game because the offense was so bad. So just a disappointing uh, performance all around. I'm, you know, I'm equally down on Mike Tallman and, and Tara Watson as I am on Matt Cannon. I know that's not always the case. And I, I think another thing here is <clears throat> it's beyond simple play calls at this point, right? Like, there is like again, like when I go back and I look at X's and O's, like people often say, "Oh, the play calls," because that's that's like the the standard thing that people try to say to sound smart in in situations. But again, when I look at play calls, play calls, they were in position to make plays, they just didn't. To me, that shows that a in those plays, your players were looking at the wrong keys, and you might be hammered home to look at the right keys at at the same point. I mean, there's several times where we've just seen, you know, you can have the greatest coach in the world. You can have Bill Belichick, the guy who's won six Super Bowls, and your team can flat out stink because you just got players that didn't prepare the right way this week or just having a bad day. Bad days do happen. I think what determines how how great a coaching staff actually is is how they handle an entire season. Last year, you remember the run defense was terrible to start the season, much like it was terrible to start this season, and they were giving up a lot of big chunks in the run game. But as it, as they went through throughout the season, they started to fix things out. They started to figure things. Okay, let's put this over here. Let's get this guy over here, and then they were able to finish top ten in the run defense, top ten overall as a, as a defense, and that overall determines what you have in a coaching staff moving forward. And that's the thing is that as much as you can't determine what things happen in the preseason to determine how the season's going to go entirely, you can't say that about week one either because, you know, week one, the last two years, the Steelers have won and then they've struggled Im- immediately after the, those games. So I think the reverse can be applied here. But again, it's going to be up to the coaching staff to f- turn things around. I feel like Mike Tomlin, we've seen him do it regularly. He's taken, he took a what a one in six, one in seventeen, or whatever, one in sixteen to go nine and eight last year. We've seen him be the captain of the ship that turns a stinking situation around. But we haven't seen Matt Canada kind of kind of rally his offense to get to do that as well. I think that the play calls are fine, but maybe the question for Canada and maybe the question for the Steelers as, as a whole as coaches, can they get these guys to simply do what they're being coached to do? It, that's where I think it goes beyond play calls. It may be more about getting the right things done in practice throughout the week. Yeah, well, let's talk about Canada for, for a minute here. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, the the jet sweep type action on second down, the Austin play that loses one yard. I just – I hated it, Chris. Um, we've seen that from the Steelers in the past. It hasn't been successful. And I know you game plan to your opponent, but the San Francisco 49ers – are not a gimmicky, gimmicky defense. They got studs all over the place. So you're not going to trick them. You're not going to outflank them. So, you know, what the, the issue for me is, and we talked about this last season, we talked about it over the offseason, what is your identity? You know, we heard Andy Weidel so many times over the offseason. I want to be a tough, physical, strong football team. They draft players to become that team, and then you come out and you want to be finesse and you want to throw and you don't want to establish the run. Nine rushing attempts, Chris, um, in that football game and nothing early. They they did not try to establish that they didn't care. And then once they fell behind, um, it didn't matter because that game got away from them. So that's one issue. The other issue is more for me on the head coach. <clears throat> and this involves two receivers. Uh, number one, uh, hopefully you can get a clip of it. Maybe you can play it later in the week. 
Allen Robinson's effort on the interception return late, Mm -hmm. basically jogging down the field, no effort at all. The two players that you see hustling there, Jalen Warren and Mason Cole. Mason Cole, that was last I mean, he hustled to yeah. save the play. And, like, yeah, sure, it would have been brought back anyways because of the penalty, but that's yeah. the stuff you want to see. Like like Cam Hayward running in that Chargers game when he chased down Justin Herbert yeah. was it two years ago, I think it was. But, like, stuff like that, you want to see your guys fighting even when everything is down against them. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. When, when you're getting your butt kicked, I watch for effort. And Jalen Ward and Mason Cole had effort on that play. Um, Allen Robinson did not. And that's disappointing for a veteran. Uh, the other thing that uh, Mike Tallman didn't do that um, I just absolutely despise, George Pickens gets called um, for an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty late in that game. Late, late in the game. He's on the sidelines. He doesn't even miss a play, Chris. He comes back into the game. Um, you're down in that game. You're not going to win. Hold your guy accountable. I mean, it's almost like you're afraid of what George Pickens is going to do. George Pickens is going to throw a tirade. Oh, my. I can't let him throw a tirade. No. Discipline him. Talk to him on the sidelines. Don't just put him back in the game. So, to me, those two things, Robinson and Pickens, I I didn't like what I saw out of them late. And I understand it was a frustrating day. But at least hustle, at least play smart. Those are two things that you can control. You don't have to have any talent at all to Mm -hmm. hustle, Chris. No, I agree. I, I I I agree. I think we saw hustle from certain players. I think there was some players, some plays where you didn't see it. In the George Pickens moment, I did think like, oh man, that's that's way too much. You did see Tomlin talk to him and him kind of like step back. But and then, but you're right. He did go right back out there after a play. And then when you look when you look at it, I was thinking, wondering like, man, like. Is is he going to take a playoff there? But I, when I thought about, it, I was like, well, Deontay Johnson is out. They're already playing Calvin Austin a lot. They're having to throw the ball a lot, uh, and they didn't, and they didn't activate Gunnar Olszewski. They might have to throw him back out there. So it might have been like a situation where the Steelers, they literally, they needed him as a body more than just more than being scared to challenge him there. But I do think that at the same time, you can't have that kind of stuff. And by and large, I think last season, that was one of the things we saw from the Steelers for the most part. You know, they avoided those dumb type of things where they were they were in those situations. I think the one time where you kind of saw it break out last year was the Bills fight when Kenny Pickett, you know, took a late hit. And that was different. He took a late hit and, and he kind of spurred things. George Pickens on that play made a good play and then wiped it out by making a stupid play right afterwards. And that's something that we've seen Mike Tomlin challenge many players. Players, regardless of their all pro status or not over over his tenure so in that moment i do question what went into that i think maybe it might have been the personnel situation uh you know as far as who was hurt and who was available for the steelers receivers but by and large that's what makes this really embarrassing is that you saw lack of discipline lack of focus lack of everything and the only again the only person that you can be really excited about right now is tj watt because he had three sacks and he tied james harrison's uh uh a franchise record for 80 and a half sacks over the span. And TJ Watts probably got several more years in him uh, when you look at, when you look at his career right now. Uh, But there's lots of questions for this team. Can the defense stop the run or the pass? Can the offense run the ball or pass the ball? None of those things were proven in this first game. And yes, the 49ers, they're one of the best teams in football. We said that coming in is that you're playing the best defense from last year and you're playing an offense that's highly skilled and plays to a rhythm. And so it's going to challenge you across the board. And like you said in your report card, it was an utter failure in that. Now you face a Browns team that just beat the Bengals by 21 points. Looking back at that game, just the, the, the parts that I've been able to see, the Bengals didn't exactly 
they they kind of looked worse than the Steelers with the way that they were playing in that game. So maybe maybe that's the break the Steelers get is that if they if, if they can play the Browns next week and just take a step up, maybe they can battle on that one. But if they don't turn things around, they will be 0-2, and, and there's going to be a lot of questions on that ship about how they're moving forward. Look on the bright side, Chris. If the Steelers beat the Browns, mm-hmm. and if the Bengals beat the Ravens at home, every team in the AFC North is 1-1, one and, one, and we're right where everyone thought we would be. A log jam. At the AFC, at the top of the AFC North, so I don't know if it's going to happen, Chris. But uh, hey, if the two home teams win, uh, we'll have ties across the board in the North. Absolutely, we'll talk more throughout this week about their, about your Pittsburgh Steelers and getting you ready for how they bounce back in Week Two against the Cleveland Browns. We've got a former Steeler coming on Wednesday. We've got Ike Taylor joining the show. He's going to pop on and talk some Steelers football with us, giving us his perspective on what went wrong, especially on defense with the cornerback position being a really important thing that's going on right now. I want to get his perspective. We'll get him and then Brian Backo back on the Friday episode to get you ready for the weekend. Thanks again to Ray and thanks again to everybody who who tuned into the North Shore Drive podcast on this Monday morning. Hang in there, Steelers fans. There's There's still a lot of season to play. You just hope it doesn't look any more like Sunday. I'm your host, Chris Carter. Follow us on on, uh, post-set.com to get all of our written work and follow this show on your favorite podcasting app and on YouTube. Like this video if you enjoy it. Subscribe to this channel for all of our breakdowns. We got daily content coming out for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. This show, the North Shore Drive podcast, comes out Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. I'll see you Wednesday with Ike Taylor right here on the North Shore Drive podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. If you watch this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our channel. For three months of digital access to post-gazette.com at 99 cents, click the link below in the description.